Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block episode 22. I'm your host, that retro code Eddie V. Joining me is the Celestial Brush herself, Mr. Celeste Roberts. Good evening. I uh, hope you guys are having a good November so far. Yes, the in, the indie insider, Mr. Dan Murphy. Hello from Memphis, everybody. Yes. And the devastating dungeoneer himself, Mr. <laughs> David Dax. Happy Monday. Happy to be here. Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? It has been an interesting week. We are close to the release of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. So, who are you guys hyped? <laughs> I, I'm hyped, but I also have so many other games on my backlog. <laughs> that I'll get to it eventually, I guess. <laughs> what about you, David? Oh, I'm on like level 11 hype right now. <laughs> like, yes. I'm, I'm really trying. I'm almost like trying not to think about it because it's too painful to wait three more oh. days. Like, I, okay. I, North, Nintendo North America has been releasing their like one character a day hype video and it's like it's got me amped. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. And what about you, Dan? Oh, it's a day one purchase and I'm going to be playing it beginning to end without any other games bothering me in between I, i'm i'm excited and i've held off on the demo too so uh, yes well right we're gonna quickly j- get into this housekeeping this is episode 20 222 of the to the pop block podcast each and every week we come together to talk about games and everything we love about them with our friends you could join us live on mondays at 8 30 p.m eastern time on twitch.tv slash games live and be a part of the conversation but if you can't join us live no big deal you can head over to youtube.com slash games and bushwitchgames.com to watch the show or listen on your podcast service of choice we merge to subscribe follow rate every <laughs> you wherever you consume us it helps us out with discoverability and check out our family shows wherever you listen to your podcast so of course everybody we're going to jump into snack tendo <laughs> guys what have we been snacking on because i out of i have checkers i have burger king i have had uh <laughs> pen express uh what have you guys been snacking on Oh gosh, I am drawing a blank. I eat every day. You think I remember this? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, I was asking people on Twitter what kind of sandwiches they liked because we made homemade Rubens. That is my favorite type ah. of sandwich. Oh, nice. I love Rubens, and yeah, I had a Reuben on Saturday. I had gumbo pizza. What? Huh? Oh. Tell me more. Oh gosh. Okay. So if you guys ever come down, I will take you to Redfish Pizza in Homa, Louisiana, and they have a gumbo pizza instead of a marinara as the base. They have a roux, and they top it with cheese, andouille sausage, red peppers, uh, green peppers, onions, some chicken, shredded chicken. So it's like a chicken and sausage gumbo and pizza form. Oh my god. Uh. Mm. That's incredible. <laughs> I have to say yes. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Look, I was expecting. Are, do they put rice on it too? Because <laughs> no, I guess that would be too many carbs with the crust. <laughs> so, well. Pretty much right. <laughs> I, 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 the crust substitutes the rice. You know, no it's potato salad. <laughs> no potato salad either. So. Oh. No. Uh, uh, what about you, David? Uh, 
Well, <clears throat> I, I drink. Lately, I've been drinking like a pot of coffee a day, which is bad. Uh, so <laughs> I, I try to find stuff that I can kind of pair with it that I really enjoy. So lately, I've been getting uh, English muffins and mm-hmm. putting peanut butter on top and then chocolate chips and blueberries and then eating those with my coffee. And it's <gasps> feeling good in the morning. So, Oh, my gosh. Nice. How do you take your coffee? Well... <laughs> I usually start the day with creamer and then that's like, that's too much creamer to have throughout the day. So I transition to black by the rest of the day. Oh no. I drink my coffee black. I don't think there's any other way to drink it. I I have to have creamer, flavor creamer. Uh, When I hit Dunkin' Donuts, I get the mocha, five sugars, one cream. Like mine's got to be sweet. Mine's got to be like, it's going to be hot, but it's got to taste like rich to get the flavor out. Because if I do black, Black, it, black coffee tastes like black licorice to me. And I'm just like, eh. <laughs> Oh, I love black licorice. <laughs> I like black licorice too. <laughs> and I drink, I never drink hot coffee. I only drink iced coffee. Even oh. if it's negative oh. five degrees out. You do the cold wow. press? Uh, yeah, I do like black cold brew. So no, mm. I don't I add do, anything I do like cold. It. I've been using sugar-free Coffee Mate Hazelnut and Sugar-Free Tarani, I think those syrups, they have a pumpkin spice one. Oh, cool. So I feel I, a little bit better about my decisions. <laughs> if I'm if I'm doing like like homemade coffee, like out of the pot and stuff, um, I usually do International's uh, Delights coffee, mm. um, their mm-hmm. flavor for creamer. Um, I actually got a good Starbucks one. It's like a, this kind of caramel mocha kind of flavor. I'm like, ooh, this is caramel this is- macchiato. I think so. It is, yeah. But it's the Starbucks. It's the Starbucks one. With, it's yeah. all white and stuff. Yeah, Starbucks is sophisticated with their bottles and stuff. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I feel fancy with this. They, oh, they're not selling you coffee. They're selling you an experience. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. This is not yeah. an ad for Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a chance to go back to Preppers Farms. Um, I'll probably do that Friday because uh, I want to go back to their outlet store and get some more cookies. Um, this is the time where like their holiday holiday cookies are out, and I I seen some gingerbread ones that mm-hmm. I want to get, and I'm just like, okay, I want to get these ones, and then tell Jack, uh, let him know, be like, I love the gingerbread ones because I've never had their gingerbread cookies. Um, so I'm intrigued to. To taste it, I did have, um, uh, oh goodness, what did I have? I had sushi today. Um, what kind of sushi? I had tuna, and uh, I had the uh, it's like a salmon kind of tuna also. So I had like the raw ones, but it's like where they got the rice at the bottom and then the meat at the top. The tuna. oh, so is that considered sashimi? Kind of. I no? think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sashimi. With the rice underneath it? Yeah, if it's just like a slab of the raw fish on top of rice, yeah. rather than actual roll, that's sashimi. Or no, um, no, it's not sashimi. It's, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on this. Because uh, sashimi, I think, is just the raw fish. Yeah, sashimi is without the rice. This Gosh, is, uh, oh my God. This is going to drive me crazy right now. For this. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, this is what we need to live. Somebody's gonna for. be yelling at the podcast here. Yeah, they're gonna be like Celeste. 
what's wrong with you? I'm going to find you. I'm going to dox you. Well, <laughs> I've considered all, uh, all sushi. If you guys have a problem with that, you can email us at the shred into the problem. Like at <laughs> it's, it's Nigiri. Nigiri. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. It's uh, sorry, everybody. We're human. Just in case I, you didn't know. <laughs> So while eating my sushi, I had a taste for miso soup, and I mm. wanna oh I I wanna find a place that sells it, uh, cause some good miso soup during this time, like this cold weather, uh, it's the best. And I didn't I didn't start miso I didn't start having miso soup until like 2014, um, going to the certain Japanese restaurant who like were serving uh who was serving sushi like this kind of different kind of sushi and stuff and you always got free um miso soup so they had like a little spinach they had the the soup they had the um uh the, the white stuff i can the tofu. tofu yeah they had it in there and it was just like you eat your, i would eat my sushi and then i would just like sip the miso soup like it was coffee just like mm. Mm, so good and it's just uh, I just had a taste for it. Be like, I want some miso soup now, but now that we're at and stay at home, I don't know if I could get it yet. But I'm gonna find a place um, with it. But yeah, that's uh, any any other snacks. Uh, that's uh, miso soup is a traditional part of a lot of Japanese breakfast. Uh, Dan, did I ask you for what? your? Oh, oh um, I'm gonna go simple. Uh, my new obsession is molasses cookies. <sighs> I never had them so in good. my life until like a week ago, and now I can't stop eating them. You made some or you bought some? No, I bought some. I'm, I'm going to send you a recipe. <laughs> if you No, if you want to try it. I, I will absolutely try it. I, I didn't know they existed until like five days ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Molasses is such a fun word. Coffee. <gasps> oh, uh... David, did you make cider, by the way? I remember you talking about it last we week, did, so I we wanted did. to follow we up. Did get to it we between you know carving pumpkins and all the Aww. other stuff I, I bought this like 30 pound pumpkin that i was gonna carve and then i decided i would just cut it up for my dog because he loves frozen pumpkin treats i don't know <laughs> what i was thinking i'm like on my fourth rack of this refrigerator we got i finally threw the rest of it away it's funny that you missed that um well, not the pumpkin stuff. I bought some M and M sugar cookies, oh. um, and the Kisses sugar cookies. So the M and M sugar cookies is wonderful. Love it. They literally taste like sugar cookies. The mm. the the uh, Hershey Kisses one, they taste it, but if you like let the chocolate melt in your mouth, it tastes like white chocolate. Oh. Um, and so it doesn't give get you that taste. I love white chocolate. I love I. I I tried it with the Reese's peanut butter. It's fine. I tried it with the Kit Kat. I tried it with the Kit Kat. It's fine. Um, the, the Halloween Kit Kat with the the white chocolate. <gasps> yeah, the pumpkin spice one. Yeah, <gasps> it's so good. It tastes, uh, like, it tastes like Kirkland's. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it tastes like yes. Kirkland smells. <laughs> but I love it. People... And the apple pie one is good too. <laughs> which of which one? The apple pie. Uh, Kit Kat. Oh yeah, yeah, that one is good. I thought you said apple pie, uh, Reese's, uh, Reese's. Oh, because oh, ooh. No. oh, uh, look, I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's you know, I would try it first and then report. I back know, <laughs> I know, just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I still didn't make it to somewhere to get the black forest ham. I'm sorry. 
Celeste got me all when she asked uh, asked about the sandwich question. I was just like, I want a Black Forest Hill Subway, and decided to go to Penn Express. <laughs> I can't forgive you. So, I, but I will get a sandwich. But everybody, that has been Snack Tendo. Any other snacks, ever anybody? Or that's it? No, because then I'm gonna eat after this, and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going back to checkers. I'm getting some fries. And I'm hungry again. So, but we're gonna get into our game fact events, and Celeste is going to bring in, be bringing us our game fact events. So, Celeste, go ahead. I found a list from Thrillist that had a ton of facts, and this one was very interesting to me. The Game Boy was invented by a janitor. Okay, so that's a slight overstatement, but it's not far off. Gunpei Ikao, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that, was working maintenance on the assembly line in a Nintendo factory when company president Hiroshi Yamuchi came around. Yamuchi noticed a toy that Yokao had built in his spare time. That toy became the Ultra Hand, a bestseller for the company, and Yokao moved from the assembly line to the design line. Yokao then turned a boring old calculator into Game & Watch, Dan, Dan, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> another huge bestseller, and then created the Game Boy, the crown jewel of handheld gaming devices. Wow. Yes, uh, I I remember this story. I actually remember getting a Game Boy and Tetris being my first game because it was like a pack-in. And Super Mario Land was my second, like my official game. Uh, and then a link to uh, no, uh, a Link's Awakening. I, mm -hmm. I I I was mesmerized by that game, and of course Pokemon and stuff. And Goodness, I yes the the we actually was talking about the Game Boy. I think on Boss Rush, I think uh last week episode because I I'm um I, I seen that name uh mission in someone's tweet uh this past week and I was just like oh man I missed the Game Boy when it came out like I I miss it because it was my game to go at night. Like I could be done with school and everything, and I would cut on the TV, and it would be like, uh, what's happening, or all in the family would be on, and I would just be playing my Game Boy, listening to the TV. Now, I shouldn't have been doing that, <laughs> listening to all of the family as a kid, but that was, <laughs> I, I, it was kind of like thinking about it now. It was just like sitcoms while playing my Game Boy was kind of like my early version of podcasts in a sense, even though it was comedy and hearing these um, kind of a thought themes. And stuff you wouldn't catch on to it as a kid. My thing was just like I need to get to level five on Tetris. I need to get this Tetris line. I need to. I was all like that. And then when Link's Awakening came, and I had my headphones, I put it in, and it was just like hearing that game and that music. It was just like wow. Um, any memories of the Game Boys for you guys? Kirby's Dreamland. I was obsessed with that game. Um, I mean, I must have been five or six years old when I got my Game Boy. So I think I played Tetris and Kirby's Dreamland for a year straight. And, you know, being that age, you're happy doing that. <laughs> but yeah, that was before Kirby was a pink puffball, too. Yeah, because he was white. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Why yes. did they change him? Did he eat some shrimp like a flamingo and turn pink? <laughs> or what? what was the reason? I, I think there was a reason, a design reason, right? 
I think I so. Maybe I next don't... week's fact of the week will have that one. Okay, Dan, you're doing fact, and it has to be about that. No yeah. choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, David, did you have a Game Boy or anything? Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys said all the games that I, I mean, Kirby, Tetris, Super Mario Land, like that I played, and Link's Awakening, played those so much. But it, it's interesting. I, I, as an adult now, I think I'm able to better appreciate what, what a cultural icon the Game Boy was. I, I've been recently rewatching The Fresh Prince of Bel Air on HBO Max. And the Game Boy is featured in several of the episodes in season one where they'll have like uh, Will's younger sister playing Game Boy on their family couch. And like they make a point of featuring it. And so it, oh, it was just funny. it was like had some cultural cachet in the early 90s. And that I just really appreciated that. <clears throat> that's awesome. That is awesome. Yes. So that's did you have a Game Boy? I did not. Uh, my first personal portable system was the Game Boy Advance, the pink yes. translucent one. And my, my sisters, my two younger sisters, each had a Game Boy Color. One had the translucent purple. One, had one had the opaque green one. So I'd borrow theirs sometimes. But I never had an original Game Boy. That looked like a brick when you compare oh, it, it was. to the other <laughs> system. It was it was a murder item. <laughs> a murder item. Batteries, right? Yeah, What's four double A batteries. Four double A <laughs> batteries. In the back. Oh my god! Be a monster chewing through those batteries, but Man, it wasn't like the actually... Game Gear. The Game Gear used to suck through batteries in yeah, eight minutes. That's <laughs> yeah, that Sonic game. That's the one I remember for Game Gear. You, Wait, oh, go ahead. You, no, I was just gonna say we're just bringing back so many memories. We should do a special nostalgia episode i mean i know it's hard with with everything else we talk about but maybe if there's a slow news week that'd be fun oh yeah i i will put it on the list uh you know what we haven't did a list of game boy games or even mm-hmm. events games or 3ds or ds so we let's look into that everybody come with a top 10 of your favorite handheld games from nintendo oh, and- whoa we will, we will, we will do that because I know we're gonna. I know we all have played a lot of handheld games, mm-hmm. um, and and everybody, we have to exclude the Switch. We can't call that a handheld system. Yeah, it's a hybrid system. So <laughs> we're gonna do that. But everybody, we're gonna get into Femi news, and we're going to start off with. Oh, I told Celeste I had to put this story up because. I seen it and I was just like, oh, Celeste is going to love this. The group is going to love this. Isabella is totally adores, and we all need this in our lives to be real. So there is on Nintendo Life where we get uh, where all the news is coming from. There is a fan um, created like Twitter for uh, Animal Crossing TV show, and this started Isabella. And it stopped animation and I... I, I told Celeste that we need this and I need Celeste to narrate the show because like I could just hear your voice over this Celeste and I think I I think I probably would be like this is the best show this needs Emmy <laughs> this I, needs- I don't know if I could talk animalese <laughs> I can't do it it's that was pretty bad. good <laughs> right <laughs> oh thank you it's my Oscar winning moment <laughs> But what did you guys think seeing this? Or and are, are, has there been any Nintendo animations that you guys love? I know David, you shared up with us in a group the Pikmin shorts, which oh, that was so good. I still love the Star Fox one, animated one for Star Fox Zero. 
I mean, you know, this this is something that I love about Nintendo. I love that they go beyond just the video game console and it, it there's this culture around Nintendo. I mean, I can think all the way back to, to as a kid, I was obsessed with the Legend of Zelda cartoon, um, which as an adult is just horrible and like really raunchy like looking back on it i mean it was definitely a product of like 80s american culture but um you know that they had that the like pairing of super mario brothers and legends Mm -hmm. Zelda as one cartoon and i've always just loved nintendo cartoons since then so you know i they always come out with with fun stuff and and little shorts and and i like that and may i plug another zelda podcast has just did a podcast about the legend of zelda cartoon Oh, correct nice. correct uh so yeah they have um they have a, i haven't listened to it yet but david and one of his friends talk about the first three episodes of the cartoon yes so do go check that out what about you dad that isabel thing looked really cute um that that the animation was pretty awesome on that as far as like any nintendo um animation and stuff i haven't really watched it i remember i kind of remember um captain uh, yeah captain n that that was the one um i like recently rewatched one of those episodes and it was so bad that i'm just gonna like leave it in and leave it in the past where i enjoyed it so, so um that's that's my extent of it and i i don't think i'll ever rewatch any cartoons nintendo oh, cartoons man. again <laughs> i remember mario had yeah he had the super show but then he did like a Super Mario 3D Brothers, uh, I think Super Mario Brothers 3, and I think he did a world one. Like they was like doing different kinds of it, and that and that was the last of the Mario cartoons. Um, but yeah, uh, I recommend do watch the short. It's so, even though it's not like leading up to an actual series, I could see more shorts like this being done, and definitely for a fan and his team who came together to make this, like they really made it with passion, and it looks just so good. They got everything right uh, with it. Now, related to that, Ed, I, I do, you know, there's always speculation in the in the Zelda world about if there's going to finally be a, a new television show. But a lot of folks feel that it would work best as an anime. Uh, so, you know, kind of a, a mixed adult cartoons, essentially, right? You know, that I think mm-hmm. it would be interesting if Nintendo would do that, particularly for Twilight Princess. I would buy that in 4K. Just put it on, just put it on 4K right now. Just and I will buy it. Well, look how good Castlevania is as an yes, anime. Yes, oh my yes, goodness! I love Castlevania. I I need to start the third season. I just finished <gasps> the second season. And You're going to love it. the third season. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> okay, because it's been pretty dang intense so far. Intense goes up for sure. Okay, but I want to say that I love villains like Dracula, the kind where there's so many nuances and you find yourself sympathizing with them. When I first seen the first episode of Castlevania, I did. Like, I sympathized with him all the way. I was just like, I understand his motives and everything, but he really had a love mm-hmm. uh, for her. So... Spoiler alert, guys, just uh, in case we slip anything, just uh, sorry if we do, but watch it on Netflix. (laughs) Yes, so good. 
where we're going to move along because uh, there seems to have been an emergency hoax at Ubisoft Montreal um, last week. Um, and this one is kind of like a little bit heartbreaking. Uh, I know a lot of the employees and stuff were on top of the roof, uh, roof, not roof, on, on a roof, um, you know, uh, it was a reported hostage situation out um Ubisoft Montreal. Um and it kind of see that it was fake and just it was it was sad to see. Like who would do something like this? Same people who call in with bomb threats to stores and Well, can you can you explain the story a little more? Um I'm I'm a little behind on it, so so, um, a reported hostage situation at Ubisoft Montreal appears to have been started by a hoax emergency call. Police say no threat has been identified for now and have evacuated the building. Uh, this all started local time early afternoon on Friday when news began circulate, circulating around about police evacuating Montreal's Mile End neighborhood. Local outlet TVA Nouvelles and Montreal's police service sit in tactical units after a 911 call. At the time of the emergency, Ubisoft employees fled to the rooftop. Um, and then there's a Twitter post uh, about it. Uh, Ubisoft Montreal's studio behind recently released Assassin's Creed Valhalla in the upcoming title Roller Champions. So yeah, so there was just like a funny phone call in the employees. They went up all the way up to the roof so they wouldn't be uh attacked or anything man that's crazy that's so traumatic yeah 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 this the story was like going around um on twitter friday and people didn't people thought that there was a kidnapping or a shootout or something like there um but yeah to see to, to do that man that that's crazy and we don't know why it was actually done um I don't know if it was someone who wanted to really play a joke, who was really trying to get back at Ubisoft for certain things. I, we really don't know. I think they're still investigating it, but that it, it's scary when stuff happens like that, but it's good that they took the precaution. But, man, all those employees on the rooftop, like, and wow. Working in those creative environments, I imagine, gets really tension filled and stressful um you know and so obviously it's, it's horrible something like happened thankfully it wasn't real but it does make you you wonder it wasn't it just last year that there was um so many people killed at one of the largest anime studios in japan was it studio ghibli that that had the the shootings um it was like half the people that worked there were killed oh my gosh um uh, no it was a studio ghibli it was a different uh different studio sure uh, yeah at, at any rate it just you know those are those are really you know to, to create and and all the, the the various personalities and opinions there i mean sometimes someone might snap goes over yeah yeah we know that a lot of that stuff happens here in america when it comes to like shootings and stuff and not to like dive really big into it um but you know one of the big lessons is the cancer swatting that happened with the dad getting killed and the son and the mom had to see that. Um, and me and Laron, we were talking about um, PlayStation, how they're incorporating with their chat, 
that you can report stuff and they're recording the chat and stuff. So if anyone is trying to do swatting stuff while they're chatting on PlayStation, Sony has that information. They know who the users are. They have the voice and everything and they could help the police um, be able to catch um Catch the people who did like that. They're trying to stop all of that. And it's sad when you hear stories like that and everything. So um, I'm glad that the employees are safe. Um, I, I probably, I feel, I, my ideal is that they probably gave everybody the rest of the day off and be like, go home, you know, get your thoughts and yourself together, just relax, calm down. I think they, I think they probably let them all go after that when police said everything was fine. Um, but yeah, at least they took precaution, um, and stuff. But it's it's frightening to hear stories like this. So certainly a lot going on in the world. We don't need that. Exactly. But what we do need, I think, is Sega Yakuza producer would make a completely different Sonic game if given the opportunity. Now this is bonkers because Yakuza is uh open world kind of Japanese gangster beat-em-up RPG. Um, Yagaza, um, just the newest one just came out for Xbox One and uh, Series X and PlayStation 4 and 5, uh, Like a Dragon. And people are enjoying it, and that game got turned into a turn base. Um, this one, and <laughs> uh, Sonic's 30th anniversary is coming up next year. So how could Sega potentially keep this long-running series feeling fresh? What if it was to hand over to Yakuza series producer Daisuke Sato? In an official Sega interview recently, Sato was asked what Sega IP he would like to work on that he's never touched before. His response, Sonic the Hedgehog. If he was given a chance, the industry veteran says he would likely come up with a completely different kind of Sonic game. And here's his full response. It's an IP that I haven't come to before in the sense that I want to try it. Well, Sonic, after all, when you hear Sega, you think Sonic. I'd like to get involved once at least. But for me, the so-called Sonic is, well, if I were to do it, I wouldn't do Sonic as it was i would like to make a completely different sonic um so what do you guys think that sonic game would be because don't forget sonic has been kind of like a 3d platformer he has transformed into a wolf uh he has had a rpg game with bioware um what could sonic completely be at this time i'm excited to see anything new I haven't re- I haven't fully enjoyed a Sonic game in 3D yet. Um, so if they can come up with a cool way to do a 3D Sonic that's like a little open world or um, just have different elements than, you know, a spin dash, uh, that would be fun to see. Because um, really the only game I've liked in the last 20 years is Sonic Mania. <laughs> uh, what about you, David? I had a couple thoughts. Uh, one, for some reason, it was making me think of what was it, Star Fox Adventures, that uh, like randomly became a completely different type of Star Fox game. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know. So that I don't know why that one just popped in my head, but also I was just thinking of the Breath of the Wild effect a, a little bit. That you know, The Legend of Zelda was definitely a series that was firmly entrenched in a certain kind of gameplay, and by breaking out of that it completely breathed new life into it. And, you know, why not Sonic? Sonic is incredibly iconic. It's, it's got a brand already. So why not try something completely different? I I would be open to it. What about you, Celeste? 
Fucking Super Monkey Ball. My goodness. I love that game series. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to see him work on Sonic. I never played the Sonic uh, with the werewolf. What was that one called? Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about? Am I imagining things? No, he did turn into a werewolf. I got to just get the title. Because he also had Sonic Knight where he was a medieval knight. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. So, uh, while we looked at up, um, I kind of could see Sonic ass going once again back to Mega Man. <laughs> and can you see him like collecting powers, like certain rings that he got, which would transfer him to certain, uh, uh, wait, Sonic Werehog, um, uh, Sonic Unleash. That's what it was. Does Nintendo own any rights to Sonic? I know that they came to Nintendo. Sonic games came over to Nintendo, but who owns the the rights to Sonic? Sega games? does. But Sega. aren't they like a, a third party? Like, do, are they platform committed or are they cross multiple platforms? Cross multiple pl- platforms. So Sega, after the the failure of the Dreamcast, they switched over to third party, and then they started putting Sonic on GameCube on Nintendo platforms, mm-hmm. and it started making them a lot of money. Um, so, uh, um, Sega, and then Sega started doing it on 360 and on PlayStation and different systems on Nintendo um, for it, because um, and it also has some arcade games, like Sonic R, Sonic Fighters, um, mm-hmm. Things of that nature. So when they got to th- when they became a third party platform, that's when they started putting it on everything else. But it's been mostly on Nintendo sy- uh, Nintendo systems being more su- uh, successful, right there. And then, but they put it on all different platforms at, at when they uh, once they went third party mm-hmm. uh, for it. So um, Yagaza though has been exclusively to PlayStation. It's just now being multi-platform with PC and with Xbox. We could have had Yakuza 1 and 2 on Wii U, but Sega thought it wouldn't sell here in America, where everybody was going to buy it. They only, I think they only did like 5,000 copies in Japan. And so because of the sales in Japan, they didn't bring it to America, where mm-hmm. it could have easily sold about 2 million copies. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, seeing Sega do do that, I I would have been interested in seeing that. Um, before we get, well, I'm gonna save this last story because it's kind of top part of our Doc Mo discussion that we're going to get into right now. So, uh, stress. Uh, a feeling most of us feel during certain times. Um, David uh, get, uh, sent us this survey or just kind of like this this article uh what'd you say david it was i mean i think they actually ran a full study oh yeah a full study yeah they did uh about stress and what video games or the stressful video games uh with it and what they did was they uh, rated on their uh, average heart rate their bpm beats per minute for their heart um, so, uh, should we, should I say the list name first and then get into the discussion? Uh, yeah, yeah go okay. I, I got it pulled up. Do you want me to go ahead and read that? Uh, yeah, go ahead, David. You can. 
Okay, I, I will go uh, from the bottom up. So the, the top 10 most stressful games, according to Heartbeat, uh, starting with number 10 was Among Us. Uh, number nine, Street Fighter. Number eight, Battlefield Five. Number seven, Fall Guys. Number six, Doom Eternal. Number five, Fortnite. Number four, Dark Souls Three. Number three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The runner-up for the most stressful game was FIFA 20, and the number one most stressful game, according to Heart Rate, was Mario Kart, coming in at number one. Wow. So, let's have a discussion about stress in video games. Um, the floor is open because I'm pretty chill about about playing certain games and stuff. I've never gotten... I had... I, I have had anticipation and some kind of like worrisome moments, but I haven't been stressed out. I was telling the crew uh, before we started recording that, you know, I kind of was just like had a little bit stressed with uh, Resident Evil 4, but like once I figure stuff out and get through it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, when I get to a boss that if I know, if I do not defeat him with this last hit and I die, I have to redo that whole game over. I mean, that whole fight over from the beginning. And that one little moment of anticipation becomes a little bit stressful because your hands get sweaty. You, you, For some people, you, you just sweat and you're just like, I just need this hit. And something sometimes happens, like a camera angle or a bug will happen and it will ruin the fight and you got to do it all over again. So, uh, so that list that you brought up, David, that was based on heart rate. Yes, and I believe they actually broke it down even further. The full study measuring the most stressful games, I think, for heart rate over thirty minutes and under thirty minutes of play. Yeah, I feel like so. I I play Among Us um, with like a streamer and a few friends. So there's ten of us, and we're all on a Discord chat. So it's like when I'm when I'm the imposter and everybody's trying to figure out who the imposter is, it's like I'm sitting there and my heart's beating out of my chest and I don't know what to say if anybody accuses me. So that I like among us to me is number one. Like I have never felt a heart rate like that in Mario Kart. So that's that's Mario Kart was very surprising to me in that one. FIFA was also surprising too, being at number two. Have you guys played any of these games on the list? So, um, I have, and uh, pretty much, I'm not stressed with Street Fighter. I could tear anybody's cell up in Street Fighter. <laughs> um, Battlefield Five is kind of just boring. Um, I haven't did False Guy, Fall Guys, or Among Us because it's just like, you know, if you want a better multiplayer, go play Mario Party and see how how you handle stress with that game. Doom Eternal, I beat Doom. I don't get really get stressed with that. Uh, Fortnite puts me to sleep um, because there's not really much to offer. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's you get hit three times and you die and, and multiplayer. That's it. Uh, FIFA 20 is so broken, it's not even worth playing. Um, uh, Mario Kart is just fun. I, I prefer Mario Kart Double Dash and stuff. I and so, love um, Dash. yeah, uh, Dark Souls 3, I guess I, I've tried it. Um, it's okay, it's, it's nothing like oh, I, I'm going to get you know, 
my, I don't know. My thing is people still get stressed out playing Super Mario Brothers. Like, like they, this is how you know they're stressed. They get stressed because they'll be zoned in to. They'll be zoned in with the controller and then I'm using this Xbox controller. They'll be zoned in and then when they jump, they do this. The body movements. Yes. So, uh, but like really from this list, I don't. I'm like no, I'm not really stressed out or anything. Um, Mario Kart, my, not Mario Kart, Mario Party. I'll be like pressing the A button real fast. It'll be like I need to hit to get first place. That's the only time would I be like, if I lose, I'll be like, okay, I lost. But it's the anticipation of being in that game with other people and having fun with that. Um, but with that list, no, nothing stressful. I think I think for me, I, I played sports all growing up, and my first instinct when I play most games or activities is competition and mm-hmm. so i think when bragging rights are on the line i can find a way to make most things stressful um, so i i honestly I, I was a little surprised to see mario kart at the top of the list but not surprised to see it on this list um you know getting a blue shell on the last half of a lap when when i'm trying to close out a, a race in first place <laughs> that sends me through the roof so you know <laughs> Uh, that game, you can you can even change the mode, as I'm sure you know, to put it on frantic mode, where where you just get completely messed over by that game uh, multiple times on final. So I, that that doesn't surprise me. One one game I was actually a little surprised. You know, Street Fighter is kind of one of the few represents uh, representations of fighting on there, but um, I'm surprised Smash Brothers wasn't on there. I, I, I do play a lot of online Smash Brothers, and things get pretty intense there too. Uh, what about you, Celeste? Is there anything stress? I mean, regarding the your BPM, your beats per minute, I can see that absolutely getting people excited. Not not necessarily we we have a tendency to associate stress with something negative, mm-hmm. but maybe just excitement. Your heart rate. I I, I could see all of these <laughs> causing high BPMs. Uh for me. Uh, among us, I, I've played it once, and honestly, it was it was a little goofy for me. It was fun, like it was goofy because my friends and I were talking and just being silly. Um, Mario Kart, oh man, if you're about to win that race and someone sneaks up behind you, I could uh, your heart starts pounding big time. But yeah, um, I'm surprised. I am surprised, like you, David, that. Smash Brothers is not on this list, especially with its popularity. You you just mentioned Fall Guys. There is a, a quote from, uh, this is from oneesports.gg, uh, um, talking about the study that was done. They said, when participants reached finals of respective Fall Guy episodes, heart rates soared by as much as 63 BPM, almost double the baseline rate. Oh, my goodness. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um it's worth noting, however, that the study had a small sample size of just 14 gamers. However, all of the gamers played at least 15 hours per week and wore heart rate monitors when they took the test. Um, and they do have a link to the full study there. Um, one thing I'm curious and would love to do a deeper dive into the study is I, I didn't see a whole lot of survival horror on here. And um, I know that is a genre of game that makes my heart beat through my chest. We were talking before the show, uh, 
last true survival horror game that I played was Alien Isolation, and I, I had to, I had to put that game down for a while because it was causing my anxiety to go so high. <laughs> uh, Dead by Daylight should have been on this list if I had to name a gang because it's like you and three other players and another player is a killer and then when you don't know where that other killer is at it's just like uh oh my goodness uh not deception um clock tower would be one where you have to and i think two or three where you have to hide from the killer and stuff um uh if we're looking at nintendo um uh the, the photography one that Kobe Techmo did the Black Maiden, and I cannot think of oh, it. Fatal Frame. Fatal Frame. You know that would be like a scary, a scary one to some people. So yeah, Silent Hill might do it for some. Uh, but yeah, like survival horror, I thought would be like more stressful. You know, definitely people who are afraid of ghosts and dark stuff, like they probably wouldn't play any survival horror game and stuff. And you want to be like, uh, you need to try this game. Because the level of horror, of survival horror, Friday the 13th for NES versus Friday the 13th of now, those are two different levels. (laughs) Well, you know what I'm surprised is not on this list. That's, I I guess it's maybe not as popular as it was five years ago. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I think there's like a different kind of stress that's on this list though, because, um, Oh, you're right about the BPM. Well, I mean, there's really no, so it seems like on this list, everything is some form of competitive, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of battle Royale in there with Fortnite and, uh, fall guys. And then there's like a lot of competition, just like Mario Kart. Um, I, I guess, uh, um, Call of Duty is kind of like a battle royale. I mean, you're you're there to survive, right? So, like, I know the only battle royale game I play is Tetris 99. And mm-hmm. my heart is, like, going th- through the roof if there's 10 people left. And not only that, like, the music gets more intense, like, once you get to 50, and then once you get to 10, then once you get to 3. Um, so, like, you know... The fact that you're hanging on to try to win this top spot out of a hundred is something that you know brings that heart rate up as well. Um, you know, having the chance to win versus just playing a, a game with like a little bit of a story where you know you're going to be scared through the story. You know, music cues sometimes stress people out because when you hear something, it's just like, oh, they changed the music. I know what this means. I don't. Oh like yeah, it. once it gets to ten people and touches to get real. I'm like, oh <laughs> no, like <laughs> even with time limits, when you got something, you got to do something in a certain oh. amount of time. Oh, that that I know that stresses some people out. I think I. So I talked to Celeste about this with the Legend of Zelda, and it's always uh, with the head that comes and grab you. Oh, and the wall, so, the ceiling wall master, master, ceiling wall master. master. Yes. Yeah, ceiling master. When, I, I think it's Twilight Princess or Ocarina oh, of Time. Yeah. It may be, I think it's Twilight Princess. Oh, yeah, where they're you, following you. Yes, and when you do not see it on camera and it comes and grabs you, <laughs> that is stress, and you know that that's the dungeon that that thing is in. You'd be like, I I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> or like the Silent Realm and Skyrim Sword. Mm. Oh man, timed and uh, I'm surprised uh, that dang shark 
and banjo kazooie at treasure trove <laughs> cove is not mentioned. i'm just joking because <laughs> that was pretty intense. <laughs> uh, yeah we want to talk about uh games that help us unwind ed yes uh, uh one last game that was stressed that was stressed us out mario maker Playing other people's <laughs> levels can be stressful. <laughs> Trust me, I'm still. I love Corey. He has sent me a level that I was just like, "You are cruel. <laughs> you are really cruel." But I finished this. This level has stressed me out. I even told Dan he sent me the Zelda one, and I was just like, "I'm stressing out. Where's this thing?" <laughs> I love Mario Maker. Oh, oh me too. Yeah. Play somebody's level in Mario Maker and see how stressful it gets. Cause that game is it's a work of art. Uh, but yeah, let's get into our list of games that de-stress you, I should say. Um for me, Kirby uh Kirby's Epic Yarn. You do not have to worry about death. Um it's not not too challenging. The music is relaxing, the gameplay is so good. Um and it's a beautiful game just to play and relax it. Uh Celeste. Oh, gosh. So if you have a Nintendo Switch, I highly recommend you play Coffee Talk. <gasps> yes. Mind. It, it's, a, it's like a visual novel. You're really just reading text and you're making coffee. It deals with some important real-world topics, but it does so in a very elegant and demure way, I find. But it's the soundtrack's very soothing. You're in rainy Seattle. David, you might like it. <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing, of course. The only stressful part would be trying to catch a tarantula or a scorpion. <laughs> Maybe that's... I mean, I guess every game has some small part of stress because even in Coffee Talk, there's a chapter where nothing scary happens. You, you know what I'm talking about, Ed. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's a oh, slightly... Slightly more intense than the other things, but it's nothing violent or you don't have to fight. There are no consequences. The Sims. Oh, man. Especially the first Sims, that soundtrack, the building soundtrack, the bi mode soundtrack. Although you guys might remember if a burglar was near your house, that that sound it would make. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? This dramatic sound on the Sims? Uh, I'm the sorry. burglar was near your house. No, it's okay. Oh gosh. Um, oh man, another soothing game. Uh, Neo Cab is pretty fun too to relax for Switch. Of um, a short a short hike. Yes. Switch. Thank you for that, Ed. Yes, a short hike is good. And huh. I don't know. Those are the ones that come to mind quickly. Oh, I would say. You can unwind with clubhouse games. Yes, you yes. can. Um, it, it can. I mean, you can get your BPM going if you're playing the their version of Yahtzee. <laughs> but <laughs> but otherwise, it's a nice wind down. Oh, and that visual novel game Ed that I told you about, uh, Wanderlust. I think. Wanderlust. I need to start that. Mm -hmm. I got it, and I got to start it. I'm so because when I go on vacation, I'm going to sit down and play. I'm so ready. Just looking at the title, looking at the, the mm -hmm. graphics, that thing looks so beautiful. It is. And it, it's like you're reading a book, but it's kind of a slightly choose-your-own-adventure, but there are these beautiful graphics and photographs while you 
quote unquote play it or interact with it. So that's mm -hmm. that's another one I highly recommend. So those are the ones off the top of my head. Yes. What about you, David? Well, I, you know, I would echo Animal Crossing that Celeste said, but another one on Switch that I just absolutely love is Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah! It's so <laughs> and it's just, um, like, honestly, that's it's a, that's... fun to see how they build the world. Like, I'm always excited to see, like, what crafts they did to, like, build the next stage. That, um, good the, one. that Japan stage, that Japan level. Yes. So that in that bathtub level, I cracked up there's a bathtub level there's a bathtub level and it's, it's one of the most creative most funnest levels i laughed about that whole thing oh my thing. goodness because yeah. we just picked up that game on saturday when it was on, oh, it's on it's tail <laughs> co-op too which i played with my uh daughter who's eight and you can actually have the Yoshi with wings, so you never have to worry about falling. And it's just, oh. it's fun. So, so that one, and then one more that I would add, I would reach all the way into the past. Uh, Wii Sports Bowling is, oh, <laughs> I, I love, oh, I could relax on a, like, Saturday uh, night and just do that just, in my living room. Just bowling. Oh, oh well, man. man, pop on that Wii Shop channel music and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, what about you, Dan? I think Dan might have froze here. Oh, he's walking in Memphis. Oh, am I good now? You're good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, clubhouse games. I like to play mahjong. Um. That's like my ultimate wind down game. Um. And then my other one is Mario Maker. Uh. I, like. Building oh levels is kind of like my Zen zone, you know, not so much playing the levels, but like when mm -hmm. I'm building a level, like I just, I, I love doing that and I totally zone out. And sometimes I look up and it's an hour later. I thought it was five minutes, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, that one, like that one to me, um, anything. Uh -oh. The suspense is killing us, Dan. We, we uh, lost you. Did anything. I freeze again? You're having too much fun over there in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Good old hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> but you should be good to go. Go ahead. All right. Um, no, I was just saying, like, uh, my anything creative is my Zen zone. So, like, creating a level is is where I'm at with that. Yes. Uh, Harvest Moon for me. Mm -hmm. uh is like really relaxing uh this game called good job that is on switch <laughs> it's a good physic based game uh just truly love that one um gree uh which is g-r-i-s um just a beautiful game just there's like really no deficit kind of a little bit of a metroid stylish game um but it's so animated so well just like it's breathtaking the music's so good all the colors and the designs and it will leave literally leave you in awe you'd be like oh my goodness uh hook is another one with the puzzle game where you're just trying to unhook stuff me and celeste and i once again thank you celeste for invento invento is so uh i love that game so, so sweet yes um uh, Last but not least, uh, later daters, where you are in, uh, <laughs> where you are in an old folks' home and you are trying to date, and you can have straight, gay, poly, bi, you can have 
any kind of relationship you want to have in that game, and it's literally so funny and everything. So yeah, those would be some of my picks. Um. So. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I'm I'm laughing about that game, and I know we try to stay to be a, a family friendly podcast, but at nursing homes, there there are certain trends that <laughs> among <laughs> among the elderly that. I will let parents look up <laughs> involving relationships. Yes. It's a, uh, what age group has the highest rate of this trend? And I'll let you guys go from there. Together. But Dave, um, David or Ed, or, or maybe it was you, Dan, tweeted about why people play video games. And it is related to this topic. So I, I, I tweeted out, the story that Animal Crossing is good for your mental health. Mm-hmm. And this is a uh, claims from Oxford University. Um, a new study conducted by Oxford University claims that video games are good for your mental well-being. The groundbreaking, groundbreaking study, which was undertaken in collaboration with academics at the university, working with true gameplay data for the very first time, focused on people playing Animal Crossing New Horizon and Plant vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. With uh, while previous studies focus on often inaccurate playtime data supplied by the players themselves, this new study was one of the first to take advantage of actual playtime data. The team at Oxford University was able to connect the questionnaires completed by those taking part with actual playtime records. And then they got they uh, speak about that. Um, uh, they speak about the study and everything from the doctor. But yeah, um, playing Animal Crossing can help with them, your mental health and um, we talked about we talk about mental health here on Boss Rush that you know even various teammates and stuff like if you need to take time off from a podcast or anything take the time off and you know reconnect uh, touch down on some games or have something to eat do something creative like really try to relax and enjoy what you can while relaxing because mental health is a big thing and the video games are part of that then you know it's a good thing that games like animal crossing or mario maker or smash brothers or anything to help you sit back and relax and do do that um listen to some music me and dan we were talking about uh uh evergate and just the music in that game is so relaxing. And you could, it's something, it's a game that, yeah, it's a puzzle based game, puzzle platformer, but it feels, sometimes it feels like you could just put the controller down, listen to the orchestrated music, and like truly relax, you know, and it's a really good thing. Or if, even if you're frustrated and you want to get some of that frustration out, playing like something like Final Fight or Gears or even, Saints Row, if you want to play that uh, open world game, like to help you like release this stuff, whatever it helps you with your mental mental state. Games are here to help you do that sometimes, and it's a good way to get for escapism uh, for some people, you know. Yeah, you know um, when Celeste and I did our one one v one interview, one of the things that came up in our conversation. Um, I, I have this belief that there should be video game museums at, at some point. I don't know if you remember talking about that, Celeste. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and, and my hope is that years from now, we're able to look back at sort of cultural artifacts from video games. And I, I imagine, you know, thinking about what you just read about Animal Crossing, I imagine that there could be an Animal Crossing exhibit 
talking about life during the pandemic and how Animal Crossing helped so many people get through it, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's music or how beautiful games are. You know, another one we didn't mention that I feel kind of silly for forgetting is Breath of the Wild, right? And how yes. much help people relax. So, um, I, I don't know. I just want to say like that the music and, and cultural context around games, I think is, it can be really powerful. Yes. Like uh, Dan, any last words for anything? Um, I think stress comes in a lot of different ways, shape and forms. Um, you know, something we were talking about is one thing that stresses me out can stress, you know, you guys would be fine with and vice versa. Um, but you know, don't let stress in gaming really get to you. It's okay. If something stresses you out, for example, breath of the wild stresses me out when I can't cover as much ground as I'd like to in a sitting, um, or I can't complete certain tasks, but, um, you know, playing call of duty, I don't care at all. <laughs> so, you know, don't let, don't let the fact that you're a little bit stressed about something get to you. It's a video game. It's fun. Um, we're there to enjoy it. And, um, that's that's it from me. All right. And so, some people don't even oh, finish Breath of the Wild. <clears throat> right, Ed? <laughs> oh, oh, my boy. goodness. A tree was planted and there's shade. <laughs> oh, that is a lot of shade there. David is joining on Corey Strang. <laughs> uh, that's why Corey wanted you on this show, David. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> thank you dan thank you for <laughs> I, can't. I just can't. uh before we get to play with power uh we was on uh uh boss rush uh saturday and i was talking about being on different shows different podcasts here and i talked about being on arsenal x and i'm just like i know that i i hopefully i did a good job as a host but i know noticed that yeah i did we're bringing nintendo in and jesse bust out with my with his interpretation of me bust out with nintendo on the show it was just like well you know microsoft did this but nintendo did this and we all <laughs> fell out laughing it was such a great moment and i was just like no shade all truth and it was just <laughs> such a funny moment that we all busted out laughing. I was just like, it's the truth. I don't know why. I I talked about Nintendo sometimes a lot on, on the Xbox podcast. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but That's why we love you, Ed. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, everybody's tease the ones you love. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody, we're going to get to play with power. Uh, so, David, what have you been playing with power? Well, I started up uh, Spirit Tracks again this week. I, you know, I think last week we talked about this. I had mentioned I'd finished Phantom Hourglass, so I'm moving on to my second Nintendo DS Zelda game there. Um, so I've been enjoying that. I also have gotten really into the new update for Animal Crossing. Uh, today, I think, is the first day that the leaves started falling off the tree. Has, has anybody else checked that out today? Did they? St I haven't had a chance to play oh, it yet today, but the, the yep. leaves are falling yep. now. You're in a flurry all over your island, and you can go catch oh. leaves and do DIYs with them. And oh, that's uh, so cool! I I'm loving it. So I've been doing a lot of that this week as well. Ah, nice, Celeste. What have you been playing with power? I try to play a little bit of Animal Crossing every day, and uh, every few days I'll try to play a little bit of. Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Yesterday, I made it halfway through 
everybody's gone to the rapture for our next talk the walk and i'm taking notes as i play so i'm taking a little bit longer to finish it but gosh that game is beautiful uh, man if if you want a beautiful soundtrack if you want beautiful setting i highly recommend you play this game like i said that priest section that that ending of that section with the priest that uh, that got me Everybody, look forward to talk the walk where everybody goes to the rapture. Oh. Uh, Celeste is leading this discussion, and I, oh. you know, yeah. it, it's uh, kind of some of the topics in it kind of reflect what's going on now in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a it's a great, great, great game, great story. Uh, Dan, what have you been playing with Power? Um. So I have been playing Mario Maker 2. Um, my friend Don, he made he makes these great series. Um, he has he has like multiple accounts and he has a few different worlds, but he just started a new world um, and it's fantastic. I'll actually post the world code on my Twitter when this podcast release. Um, so if you play Mario Maker, check it out. Yes. Um, I finally gave after probably a year and a half i finally gave dragon quest 11 a fair chance um and i just got to the huge plot twist in the middle and i'm i'm all in i'm glad, i'm glad i gave it a good chance um it, it's it's a really fun game um story is fantastic and i think that's really it for me Dan, do you, do you ever, because I, I, I also have Dragon Quest, um, and I've been playing that as well. Do you, do you ever switch to the 2D mode on that? I think that's so cool how they did that. I, you know, I was at the beginning, and now that I've been um, getting used to the environments more as 3D mode, I haven't really gone back because I'm, I'm doing a lot of backtracking. So it's, it's, it's more familiar. I feel like I'd be playing the game again <laughs> as 2D mode, but it's such a cool uh, little thing they did. And if I replay the game, I'll probably do the whole thing in 2D mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Japan had it. I think they did this. Was it 3DS they had it? It might have been a Switch when they did it in Japan with uh, PlayStation um, that they was doing the uh, 2D, 3D mode before they brought it here to America. Um, I haven't. I I don't have the Switch version. I have the PlayStation Four version, and you guys are making me want to go back to that game because I was jumping between Dragon Quest Eleven and Nino Kuni Two. <laughs> so how far did you get into it, Ed? I would have to look at the world. <laughs> since I completely forgot. Did you beat it, David? Um, I'm a little past that desert city where you learned a horse race. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, I'm a, I'm a little bit little bit past that where you start sailing on the ship and stuff yeah yeah okay so yeah there's um if both of you guys need to play it to this okay. big plot twist and then let's talk this game because right. it's it's incredible celeste you need to start playing rpgs i do i, I played earthbound <laughs> yeah <Mother> three <laughs> that was the last one. Oh gosh uh-oh um <laughs> I played the first fire, well, the first American Fire Emblem in 2003. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. Been a couple generations of consoles. <laughs> it's been a little while. It's been 17 years, but, you know, what of it? 
so for me, I've been playing Foregone on Switch. Uh, every gate, I played a little bit more. Close to done, being almost done with Foregone. Got like a couple of few bosses. Played Latest Mystery Journey. Uh, Cottrell and the Million uh, Millionaire uh, Conspiracy. Sorry, I had to click it on to get the name. <laughs> uh, really love this game. I love Professor Layton games. Um, just really enjoyed that. Picked up Sukuna of Rice and Ruin. Um, oh, how is that? That looks so good. cute. It's good. The it takes a while to learn the uh some of the action and stuff. Uh, Celeste, you probably would learn. You would love the plants of rice, the sim part of it. You would love. Um, it's like action- a simulation RPG game, right? Yes. Yes, oh. so it's so it's a mix of action and then the uh, rice planting game and stuff, and you kind of the story is kind of funny to understand how it starts off. Um, it's kind of weird because it's a little bit like this little girl. She, I guess, she drank a lot of sake, so she came onto the bridge <laughs> as a child, <laughs> as a child, because she's like a goddess or something. So she got oh, like the celestial being. And she, like, one of the guards is trying to def- uh, protect the thing, and she knocks him off the, off the bridge because these humans somehow got uh, got uh, came in contact with this other world and stuff. And all of this craziness craziness happens and everything. And you kind of learn some of the platforming and stuff. So I got to play more of that. But um, it's a really good game. It kind of uh, it it was number one in Japan. Uh, for the eShop, and it kind of sold out everywhere um, here in America and in Japan and in the, in the West. So it got good sales going out. They thank one of the uh, they thank the people who bought it. One of my Twitter friends did the localization of this game, so uh, I reached out to him and I asked him because uh, he posted it talking about you know people could pre-order it for the download. I'm just like I'm like I kind of want the physical version. He told me that yeah the pre the pre-orders for the physical are still going. Uh, so I checked Best Buy and they had it, so I pre-ordered Best Buy to get it there. Um, and I picked it up and yeah, it's a really fun game. Uh, I got to play more of it, trying to get through it. I, I, I'm trying to. I'm jump- I am in the point that I'm still jumping around different systems, different games and stuff. Uh, but um, that's pretty much all what I have been playing for Switch. Uh, Hades, and I will be jumping back into Pikmin 3. I need to finish that up. And I had to finish Breath of the Wild, like I said, because <laughs> Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, I'm so glad I got my vacation time off because I'm going to be digging into this game. We just I give don't... you we just give you a hard time, Ed. It's a long game. It's a, mm. <sighs> it's a are you doing all the side quests? I am. I'm trying to get all the shrines and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, so I How many be... shrines do you have so far? I think I have seventy. Okay. Done. We're okay. getting there. Yeah. And how many are there? Hundred and twenty plus the expansion. Ooh, plus the ex- that's right. Are you gonna go for the motorcycle, Ed? I did not buy the DLC expansion. Oh, oh my goodness! Okay, please buy it when you if you. I, it's nineteen ninety nine for two two full expansions. Oh, Can I, I tell you, I love when Nintendo does their DLC yeah. and their mm-hmm. pricing. There's something it, about it just like still the Mario Kart for thirteen dollars, and you got all of that stuff still straight a deal. Uh, Smash, I 
I even do I do even do the DLC for Smash, but I'm waiting for everything to come out and then I'll buy the season pass and just get everything. Fire um, Emblem was a great DLC. I uh, bought it with the game. Um, uh, if you pre-ordered the DLC and the game together, it was like sixty dollars. So oh. or $70, I'm sorry. Um so it's ten dollars for the DLC, but you get like a ton of items and then you get an entire campaign that's like twelve chapters and it's for me it was awesome because it's like very challenging and once you beat the game itself you come to this and it really gives you a a challenge to it and then house is right yeah so like i thought that was one of the better dlcs Mm. i've ever seen i forgot all about three houses had dlc it's on the list i'll I'll have to get it (laughs) (laughs) but everybody that's us playing with power which means it's coming to the end of the show uh We're going to jump into plugs. Dan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at DCDM99. David, where can we find you? On Twitter at at David Lasby on ZeldaDungeon.net. And uh, you can find my articles on the Mighty site. Yes. Celeste, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at FairyCrypt. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it is private, so please send me a message because there are all these weird bot accounts on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. But Twitter's public. And I'm also with Another Zelda Podcast. Another Zelda Pod, I think, is the Twitter handle. And also with Boss Rush Games. Yes, you guys will find me on Twitter at that Retro Code. You can check out Option Opinion on SoundCloud, other podcast apps. Check out Bosch Rush Podcast on our YouTube page and on Twitch at Bosch Rush Games. Uh, check out Crossroads, Arsenal X, and all of our other shows. We are coming up with our first ever game show. So, you guys, on November 30th, we will be having our trivia game show episode. If you guys want to be a part of it, uh, go ahead. The first three who subscribes or who rates us on um, our Apple podcast, leave a review uh, and everything, you will be connected to one of our contestants, David, Celeste, or Dan. And you have a chance to win a $10 eShop card. I am definitely excited uh, about this. I cannot wait. I, I might have to dress up uh, from the top for everybody to see. Uh, <laughs> for it. So uh, hopefully you guys will be able to like really check it out and have fun with us. Um, just to give you guys a head up, we are going to be off next week. So there will not be a Power Block or a Bosch Rush podcast that week. We are taking the time off with the family and friends to enjoy uh, Thanksgiving, whether it's through Skype, Zoom, whatever. Uh, so there will not be a recording uh, that week. If you guys want to check out more of our Nintendo Power Black episodes, you can check us out on YouTube at Bosch Rush Games. We have a whole bunch of shows there that you guys could listen to. Check out some of our older stuff with me and Corey uh, talking about games and everything. Um, how most of the half of the episodes are all about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so you guys can literally check that out. But as always, everybody have a great week. Have a great weekend. As always, let's continue to play video games and be better to one another. And if you are feeling stressful and if you are, you know, just mentally drained, take some time to yourself. Rest. Play some of the uh, games that we recommend. Like relax. Have fun and enjoy. With that, everybody, we will see you next time on Nintendo Pop Block. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.